What If, Season 2, Episode 2. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel Plus, the podcast devoted to all things MCU. My name is Brett Scott. I am your host. And this, my friends, is the show. And we're back again, second day in a row, to cover What If Season 2. And today, I have the distinguished guest, Steve Banvard, is here once again. Hey, Steve, how, how you doing, doing, man? Doing good, man. It's, it's good to be back in the chair. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because uh, you hit me up yesterday saying like, yeah, man, I'll do an episode. And I'm like, I don't know, Steve. I don't know, man. Because <laughs> if for, if the listeners don't know, if you're not familiar with Steve, if you haven't listened to his episodes, um, then you probably won't know that Steve is notorious for very long podcasting episodes because he's a very thorough and in-depth thinker and orator. So... <laughs> I think don't you hold like the record on Ryan Frasari's podcast, the Talking Snick podcast, for like a three and a half hour podcast about an e- one episode of X Men the Animated Series? I think I hold the record for both uh, number one spot and number two back to back. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, I remember last time I was on because mine are notoriously long with him as well. Um, but I remember the the last time he had you on and then had me on after he goes, hey, man, you're going to try to beat Steve's record. I was like, no, no, no I'm not even uh, going to attempt it. That's an insanity. Three and a half hours. What are you, Joe Rogan? What are you doing? Yeah, I, I, I you're, you're being very kind. You're saying I'm, I'm very thorough, you know. Another way of saying you it's are. Just, I, I long winded. I talk a lot. Very bloated. <laughs> I get it. It's all right. Uh, but uh, to to save some effort here, I've I've limited myself to just a single page of notes. Uh, unlike the one the page. <laughs> are we talking so, like legal pad, or are we talking like, you know, what what what's this page look like? You know, uh, in high school where you could write down, uh, you know, anything and take it to your test, but it had to be on a single page. So I've, you know, it's it's six font uh, <laughs> back and forth, you know, double space. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Both sides. Both sides. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, dude, this is, I mean, it's a crazy schedule. Um, I'm trying to do this day by day by day through the Christmas holiday. You know, I'm, there's no guarantees that I'm going to be able to pull this off, but I'm going to give it my damnedest. And I appreciate you hopping in to help me do that. Because uh, I don't know, some of these I might have to do solo. Like, you know, people got lives, man. They got Christmases and families and, and Hanukkahs and things to attend, right? Yeah, it, it's not so much the uh, watching the episodes that I can do. You know, they're, they're short episodes, 30 minutes long. It's getting, you know, a half hour worth of time where the house is like quiet from screaming kids. And, you know, it's that recording time that is, is hard to manage because you, you just got to like figure it out. I could do it, you know, late at night, but you've, you've got the schedule you've got to stick to. Like you got to drop these episodes in between 
um, each episode coming out. So yeah, I I, I don't uh, envy you for that, Brett. It's a it's tough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right about fitting it. <laughs> you're right about fitting it in. As you can see, I'm in my, my car. I mean, you know, my bus back the holiday season. So um, and then tomorrow we got the big family dinner and everything. So yeah, I gotta I gotta fit it in. I'm trying to keep these short. Trying to keep them. Uh, too because that's that's my podcast kind of goes a lot of times like wherever it goes um but yeah like big thanks to you big thanks to my guest maggie yesterday and and all the other people who have reached out and said hey i'll do an episode um here we are so episode two First of all, like I did with Maggie yesterday, I'll ask you, um, what did you think of just the premise? Going in, you don't know nothing about it, you don't know how they're going to portray it, but you just see that title of what if Peter Quill took on the Avengers, like what, were you immediately interested in this story or what? Well, so I love the what if season one, right? I like the art style. I think that's a very unique yes. and consistent art style, right? So right there, yeah. you, you got me hooked. And seeing, you know, season two looks like the same uh, art house. So I, I think there's some nice consistency with that. We'll, we'll get some nice uh, character development. Um, and then what if Peter Quill uh, attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Well, yeah. the, the um, uh, you know, the the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are one of the, you know, are three of the strongest films in the MCU, right? I, I, For I sure. Think, Guardians one and two are, are ranked right up there uh, with uh, you know Captain America movies and the Avenger movies, right? So it, yeah, it as a trilogy, yeah, as a trilogy, like if you stand that up against other trilogies or quadrilogies when it comes to the Thor uh, storyline, it's it's solid. It's like that and the Captain America trilogy at the top. Everything else underneath those, right? So the. This episode in particular leads heavily into um, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So for yeah. those two movies, um, they're, they're right up there in my top, you know, top five, top six of all time. So mm -hmm. that's that's great that to be watching this episode with that background. Yeah, I will say that uh, well, with the premise, I did not expect what we got. Like... <laughs> I, I was definitely expecting our mainstream, um, you know, 21st century Avengers. Uh, but this concept of, of going back and having this happen when Peter Quill was a child still, and like uh, that completely threw me for a loop. And the fact that there were no Avengers, because this is 1988, they, they quickly assemble this like Avengers 88 team. <laughs> it's fantastic, dude. I, that, I mean, that that's what made this episode so intriguing is like putting together this Avengers team before the Avengers were ever a thing. Like what would it have looked like 20 to 30 years? Yeah. 30 years beforehand. What would it have looked like if the Avengers were assembled then? And I loved it, man. You got King T'Chaka rather than T'Challa. Um, Peggy Carter is there. Although I feel like Peggy Carter would be a little older than they portrayed her. Uh, Right. In in the series, um, but I'll allow it because it was so cool to see this uh, 
this this different Avengers team. What do you think of that? Like just the the idea that Peter Quill is a kid. They they use that time frame and that they assembled a different Avengers team. Yeah, I knew uh, immediately that it was uh, a young Peter Quill because he's got that same T-shirt. You know the the, the that T-shirt that design that uh, he had in that first movie and uh, uh-huh. that keeps coming back. So I, I like that. And then you know we got a glimpse of you know. Um, Hank Pym and um, uh, the Wasp, uh, Janet um, Van yes. Dyne. Um, uh-huh. We we got those. There's there's a whole like background where they were they were heroes at one point and then they have mm-hmm. since retired. So there there yeah. is precedence for like this this secret team, this pre Avengers yeah. team, um, and you know. I wanted more. I wanted to see more. So that that little that little hint that there could be more is what this what if episode is like. Let's flush that yeah. out a little bit more and, and see yeah. what that looks like. And so cool the choices that they made, right? Like, of course, in 1988, I, I never would have thought to do it in my head. If it were me coming up with the concept, but the Winter Soldier, of course, the Winter Soldier, like, of course, Cold War era weapon from Russia is going to be part of this right that was brilliant didn't see that coming at all and because another cool thing about winter soldier is is like he's still the same age that we know him as so like all these other characters are different ages you got younger versions of characters older versions of peggy carter um and then you get with the winter soldier who just never ages right he's like i feel like paul rudd should have been cast as as winter soldier because it would have been way more accurate like he just doesn't age from like the 90s to now um, but yeah, overall concept though, I want to know what you thought of this because I've actually, without maybe saying it out loud, I have definitely pondered what would have happened if Yondu handed over Peter Quill to his father at a young age. Like I've thought about that. Like, what would this have been like? Cause after I saw guardians two, it makes you think like, man, his life could have been way different if he was raised by this dude. <laughs> and so what main uh, plot device here is like, really, it's not what if Peter Quill took on the Earth's Mightiest Heroes. It's like, what if Ego raised Peter Quill or what if Yondu handed Peter Quill over to Ego? Um, what do you think of just that in general as a, like a, a setup for this world? Well, if you go back to season one, episode two, it was what if T'Challa became Star Lord? Yes. And so what if Yondo had picked up um, a young T'Challa before he became Black Panther, uh, and yes. that that character became Star Lord instead, raised by Yondo? And mm-hmm. so both both the first season and the second season, you're you're taking this. All right, what if Star Lord was a different character? What what if Star Lord was either this person or what if he was raised by a different person? And I love, uh, you know, I, I like that parallel uh, storytelling between season one and season two. Let's let's yeah. really explore this, and um, I, I think it did a great job. I, you know, ego is is, is he, he's not really flushed out. He's like this maniacal evil uh, being that just wants to take over the universe. That that's his whole goal. Yeah. And there's not, not much more to that. Mm-hmm. But you throw in Peter Quill, this little yeah. eight year old boy, into the mix. And yeah. suddenly you start thinking about 
father son you know daddy issues you, and, and it always goes back to um what happened to peter's mom you know ego ended yes. up killing her and causing her death and um that that that's really the catalyst i mean if there's a, a you know a canon event it's the death of peter's mom that you know sets everything yeah. else in motion um so it, it's really interesting to kind of uh, play with that dichotomy um, in multiple seasons, across multiple seasons, and that's that's great. And you know, Star Lord is is one of my favorite characters, and uh, he he's got a good line at the end of this episode. I'll I'll I'll, I'll save it, but he you know he little eight year old Star Lord uh, you know comes into his own in this episode. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like you're right on with the. The, the death of Peter Quill's mother and the fact that ego is the cause of her death yep. is kind of like one of those anchoring points or whatever they call them. Like you said, like a canonized thing, but it's a thing that kind of happens in a lot of universes, obviously where that is why he becomes who he becomes. That's why uh, he eventually turns on ego, no matter what happens in any universe, whether ego meets him as a child or ego doesn't meet him until he's a middle-aged man as soon as peter finds out his mother's death was ego's fault it, like it's over that relationship's done like you know there's no convincing peter anymore to to go the way of ego the living planet That's right. so yeah so okay so they assemble this team and i want to talk about this a little bit because it's like it's a, it's the you know ragtag team that they throw together, kind of way quicker than they ever threw together the Avengers. Like it seemed like it took a little while to assemble the Avengers, um, in the uh, early aughts, right? But you, this team they they threw together on the fly because a an empowered Peter Quill, kind of not really in control of these powers fully and not very mature. You know he's a, he's a, a child with superhuman godlike powers he comes to earth and really he just wants to get home but he's causing all this damage all this destruction um and has been kind of told by his father that, like he's you know a god so he doesn't know how to be with these powers right it's 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 very much like in the x-men right the, the professor xavier just like teach these people to harness their abilities um and then use them for good rather than just being uh, selfish with their powers or not knowing how to control them and being a danger to society. Very similar type of storyline. Um, but yeah, you, I love you that the, uh, they're... You mentioned the team. So the, the team, we got Dr. Wendy Lawson, so the original Marvel, right? Dr. Hank Pym, yep. the Ant-Man. Dr. Bill Force, uh, Foster, giant man. King T'Chaka, Black Panther, Bucky Barnes, the Winter yes. Soldier, uh, and then um, kind of leading leading that or the the two humans of of the group, uh, Howard Stark um, and uh, Peggy Carter. And, yeah. And I get halfway through, yes. um, Thor shows up. Uh, I'll mention Thor shows up. Yes. He, he's the one character. Yes, that, that's one. He's the one character that I didn't really thought fit with this group. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And I, and I, well, it, I think you're right in that 
everyone else was a different version. You know what I mean? Like Thor was Thor. Thor came in and he was, and I feel like I get it because he's another character you can bring in that would be the same age and the same, like, you know, he'd be able to uh, help them out. Um, but I think you're right. I think like maybe even, maybe even bring in a different Asgardian. You know what I mean? Like, could have done that like uh you know w- there's a world where you know there's a, a a sylvie character out there right like maybe bring in a character like that or someone we haven't interacted with uh, bring in um what's her name uh the one who leads new asgard or oh, yeah 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 um, but I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I think, I, I think you're right. I think it, it's too, like, he's like the normal character. Like we're used to him. It's, it's not as fun as meeting all these different versions of characters that, that could be, you know, Howard Stark's dad instead of, or, uh, Tony Stark's dad instead of Tony Stark, like, um, Peggy Carter instead of Captain America. And I also think it's interesting that they just have regular, regular ass humans, like on the team, like, you know, um, there's nothing enhanced or special about them at this point. Like this doesn't seem to be uh, the Captain Carter. This just seems to be Peggy Carter. That's right. The there's three doctors on the team, right? Very science oriented, science heavy. But those yes. three doctors, I, I don't think they have actual power. So Marvel had a like a jetpack, mm, yes. right? So she could okay. fly around, but she, she didn't, you know, shoot rays out of her fists or anything. Uh, Ant Man's got the the, the shrinking technology, but he uh-huh. himself is just a human. And same with um, uh, Giant Man. He can, you know, uh, you know in, enlarge himself, but he himself is just a human. So, yeah, I found that interesting, too. Rather than having a character like our modern-day Ant-Man, who can shrink and grow large, uh, they went with bringing in Giant Man to kind of... Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know to pair him up with with Hank Pym's uh, Ant Man character, and right. I found that interesting. Like we've never even known about a giant man in the MCU, correct? Like I don't think there's ever been a mention of a giant man. Yeah, I don't know if they actually meant. We we definitely haven't seen you know. So we've seen Bill F- uh, Foster, but you know uh-huh. he he never did anything spectacular like grow grow large. Right. Um, if he had a line, maybe maybe he had a line in that movie um, where you know he was working on different particles than Hank was, right. but um, uh, I, he I was not Giant Man. Him. Right. Right. We've never had any uh, implication that there was ever a Giant Man, um, but I but I find it cool. Yeah. I, they, that they. They still wanted the ability to have a, a growing and a shrinking character, rather than just one guy. They just had two guys. I do like bringing bringing these characters back. So a lot of these characters we we've only seen once in this in this form, right? We've only seen uh, Wendy yep. La- uh, Lawson once, uh, one movie. Yep. Uh, we've only seen Bill Foster once, right? We've only seen the young King T'Challa once. Uh, and um, in terms of young Peter Quill, we've only seen once in um, Guardians of the Galaxy 1. 
and uh, yeah. Young Hope. I, I should mention Young Hope. We've yes. only seen once, and she she's a pivotal uh, part of this team as well. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, because well, I I, I thought it was kind of cool because they were basically they're bringing it back to X Men again. Like uh, they they Avengers team, this Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Like they had an immense fear and of peter quill and so they this it took this this child hope van dyne to like recognize that oh he's a kid like me he's just a kid like he doesn't want to hurt anybody like he just wants to go home like you know and so it was like this uh this fear they had of him and what he was capable of led them to imprison him much like x-men like you have the government you know they want to register everyone they want to imprison these people like they want to make sure that to uh, stifle their powers and things like that or get rid of their powers um it's all fear-based like racism right it's like it's all fear-based stuff uh fear what you don't understand uh, but i i like that they immediately they capture him they throw him in this this cell and um I love that she recognizes this and then the way she helps him break out is with the pin particles, which I thought was cool. You know, shrinking down the whole prison and just taking it out. Yeah. There, there goes hope. You know, you know, it kind of references what she, she will become later. You know, she'll become um, uh, the wasp and you use the pin particles herself. So she's doing it at a young age here. Yeah. The, and just kind of, Kind of being a, like a headstrong, like she's just going to make the decision and do it her way. Like, you know, she didn't ask anyone. She didn't really plead with any. She just set him free. And then she told everyone, like, he's just a kid, you know. Um, but she knew it was right and she did it. Um, still could have been pretty dangerous. Like if if he had not been uh, eventually faced with the the information or given the information that ego was responsible for his mother's death things could have went badly but like i said that's kind of like this anchoring moment in all the worlds we've seen thus far it turns peter against his father so that was kind of like the catalyst for him becoming the basically becoming the star lord that we know um although way more powerful than we're used to seeing him we've seen him get that powerful like that one time right maybe twice uh, we saw him in Guardians 2 uh, do that. And, and that's kind of how this ends as well, right? This is him uh, using his powers to wipe out his father. And I loved all the, um, I don't even know what you call them, like uh, dupes, <laughs> like all the all the replicas of, you know, him uh, of ego made out of rock. I, right. I loved that visual of them all coming up from the ground uh my daughter said it looked like like he looks like sandman from spider-man i'm like yeah i guess kind of does. um but yeah i mean that's having ego come to earth was pretty damn cool too like because that that's not something we've seen other than when he met quill's mother we've never seen him come and attack the earth so pretty cool by setting up the, the final battle be, between father and son, you know, Ego uh -huh. and uh, Peter Quill, right? The, you, the whole episode 
was kind of leading up to this the father and son dynamic and uh you know mcu has a, a you know daddy issues throughout it but, does you know, yes they, they mention here you know um howard's talking about uh his his boy tony being kind of a, a hellion and uh yep. he makes the mention that um oh, blame it on the absentee father you know howard being the absentee mm -hmm. father and then with uh hank and hope you see it um their their relationships kind of struggling because you know ever since the death of janet and, and so you have these dynamics throughout the episode very teenagers clearly. man yeah and um <laughs> at the the very end you have um howard is talking to bucky bucky's about to shoot you know the winter soldier is about to shoot um um peter quill and yes you have howard talking to him talking it out and at the exact same time, Hank is talking to Peter Quill in person. He's talking um, face to face. And yeah. I love it that these dads, these you know, troubled dads, you know, they don't have the best relationship with their own children, but these troubled dads recognize what it takes to save the day. Dad save the day. Uh, yeah. 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 I love when dads get to be the heroes, man. I think, um, and I think, yeah, that, I mean, that was the turning point. It's like him showing Peter, like some love, like gives him a hug and it, it all turns around. It's like that, the, the, the realization that ego, his, his, the only dad he knows is a terrible person. Um, I mean, if that was your only frame of reference for what a father was, no matter what happens after that, things could go badly. Even if he faces off with his dad, destroys him, whatever, like he's going to be like, I came from this. This is who I, you know, am. Um, but so those two things together, I guess, are what really turned Peter to the side of good i guess he, he was teetering like he wasn't he's a kid as we said all he needed was to be shown love and shown what a father should be like like comforting um giving him a hug when he needs it like that's not what ego is about so it was like he got this he got this example of what a father could be along with the juxtaposition of like the terrible person a father could be and he chose like the side of light so yeah man dad's for the win <laughs> and then after ego's defeated there's a nice little coda at the at the end where they're all hanging out at the house and uh, just relaxing having having beers and you know I, I i love i love when the avengers have downtime right yeah and that that's the, the best part of Age of Ultron is when they're just hanging out in the tower um, yep. and talking the shit. Trying, trying to pick up Molnir. Like that's that party is is one of the greatest of, of all the Avengers films, like that's one of the greatest uh, scenes of all the characters together. Them just chilling out, maxing, relaxing all cool, right? And it, it is a very uplifting ending. A lot of these what ifs are have horrible yes. endings. Where you're yes. just like filled with dread, like oh god, what's going to happen next? This one was very happy. You know, they they form this team, even like 
you know, Thor says, I got to go off and uh, do, you know, do the universe justice. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, uh, with a thunder brother, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're a team. And they, they walk off as a team. Even, even the, the two kids walk off with the, with the team. And I, I love that it's such a happy ending, such an uplifting ending to this episode. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to see more of this team, this, this 1988 Avengers. I want to see more. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was talking in the last episode about how um, that's what I love about this series is whether you like it or don't like it, like each episode, it's like, you don't have to sit through an entire series to figure out whether you like it or don't like it, but they're, but the ones that are really good, you're like, man, I would not mind seeing more of this. Like, and that tells you that it was a really good choice, you know, that, that what they did with that idea was a really good idea. And you can, you're not likely ever going to get to see that series play out, but it lets you imagine. And, you know, the ones you don't like, whatever. You just, you drop them and move on. You don't dwell on them. But the ones that are really good, they stick with you. And you're like, man, that would be a cool world. Like, I'd love to see, you know, maybe they'll put out a a mini, uh, like a four-issue mini of the Avengers 88. Like, that I'd be interested in reading. I love just that you were able to bring back some of these voice actors, the the, the actors yeah. that played them in the movie. So you got mm-hmm. Annette Bening, Michael Douglas, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Kurt Russell, you know, Halle Atwell, yeah. everyone loves John Slattery. All these, all these people that were were made the character originally. They were yeah. able to come back and do this voice work, and I, I, I love, you know, you you wouldn't think that these, you know, a lot of these veteran actors would ever be uh, coming to um, join a single project. Uh, yeah, but this What If series gives them that opportunity, and I, I, I really do love that. Yeah, and I think maybe part of the appeal is that it's not a huge commitment, right? It's a one-off episode here or there where they all they have to do is record a voice. They can probably do it remotely, might even be able to do it from home. Like, it's it, it's probably an easy decision for them to go, yeah, I'll be a part of that. Like, it's not only is it a paycheck, I get to have fun acting and I get to do, like, I no big commitment to it. I, they could be, you know, shooting another movie at the time and still probably fit this into their schedule. So um, I think it's great. And that's one of my favorite things about the What If series is the fact that they do use uh, so many of the original stars from the films. And it's really cool when they go for the more obscure ones, the ones who are no longer appearing in the films and use them. Like, I, I don't know if this will ever happen, but like, I'd love to see if they go back um say they went back to like the original roadie for like an old story. I think that would be cool to see. Um, bringing in um, what, what's his name now? I'm, I'm blanking on his name. The, the original uh, roadie. Anyway, I'm sure you're Googling it, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, bringing him back, bringing someone like that back, but they do they do it with these other characters. Like you said, the, uh, foster or Forrester character they brought back, um, bringing in characters like T'Chaka, who's no longer living in, in our present day MCU, bringing that actor back. 
I, I just think it's great to be able to revisit these characters and actually have the voice that you recognize behind it. And it also gives the, the characters themselves, you know, a, a little more longevity, you know, because, mm-hmm. because you only saw them in like a single scene originally, or, you know, just yeah. a series th- this actually like flushes out those characters a little bit more and gives them a, a little more breath. Um, and I thought it was a great episode. I, you know, uh, I thought it was good. Seven out of ten stars. That is that my uh, <laughs> is that my review? Um, yeah, I did. I did like this episode. It, it was. Um, I, I, I was glad I was on for this one. Yeah, yeah. No, I. I feel the same way. I really enjoyed the episode. Like, um, you know, two two out of two for me so far. Like, at episode one I thought was was good. This episode I thought was good. And like I said when I first started talking about this series, I wasn't expecting a lot out of it based on the titles alone. They're, they're not blowing me away with these titles, but the concepts are great. Once you get into them, it's like, Oh, I didn't know that's what this meant. And so it's a surprise so far. Every time it's surprised the hell out of me and I'm like pumped for the next episode. And as much as I think it's quite a grind to review these day by day by day for nine days in a row through Christmas, um, I am happy. I get a brand new one tomorrow. Right. You got a guest lined up? I've got a couple people who have volunteered. Um, it's not, nothing is in stone. I'm keeping it loosey goosey. You know how I do gorilla style uh, approach to podcasting. I like to keep it loose. I like to keep it crazy. Um, hey, so, yeah, I didn't. I, you, so, I, yeah. Keep going. So far, two out of two. Um, Steve, thank you so much, man, as always, for coming on. And, um, you know, I, I guess they were wrong. You can podcast for like 30 minutes or less. All those haters out there. <laughs> I, I didn't believe it. Ryan Fraseri said, there's no way, there is no way he's going to be in and out in 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, th- thank you so much. Uh, if there's anything you want to connect people with, um, so they can follow you on social media or what have you. Uh, I've uh, finished uh, reviewing all of uh, 188 episodes of the Uncanny X-Cast. So I've been busy on their Facebook page if you want to learn more about that. That was a, uh, a year and a half project that um, I, I now closed the book on. I'm, I'm pretty happy about that one. Dude, that's an incredible feat. And I'm like, I, I don't know how you found the time to do it, uh, but bravo. You did like you went when I was talking about your very detail oriented earlier and thorough. Um, that is at its finest, like breaking down those episodes in the comment threads below each each episode posting. Incredible work! So, thank you for doing it. Because if we ever do want to like go back in the archives and find out what happened when, all we have to do is look at Steve Manbard's post in the uncanny x cast facebook group so i appreciate that i'm keeping it alive we, we, yes. we gotta love our podcasts because that's, that's yes who we are indeed i only hope that someday 20 years from now someone will, will do the same thing for my show <laughs> and i'll be immortalized as well um one one can dream but thank you again steve and uh 
hey man, if I need to call on you for another episode, which which might happen, uh, are you going to be available here in the next week and a half? Yeah, yeah. Give me a, give me a shout out. Awesome. I appreciate it as always. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Brett. All right, kids, that's going to do it for today. Uh, as I said, I'm going to try to keep these episodes short and sweet since we've got so many back to back. But if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, please hit that subscribe button, follow along, go back and check out the back catalog and, you know, buckle up because there's a lot more to come, especially in the next two weeks. Uh, if you want to, you can follow me on X, Instagram, uh, TikTok, at RealBrettScott. Um, and if you could, go over and rate and review Marvel Plus on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Uh, if you leave a written review on Apple Podcasts, I'll read it right here on the show. I really appreciate those reviews. They actually do help the show to grow. They, they help us reach a larger audience. So any of those are appreciated. Please, please, please go rate the podcast. And uh, most importantly, share it. Share it with your geeky friends who might enjoy it as well. Uh, if you want Marvel Plus merch, you can check out tpublic.com slash Marvel Plus. Um, and if you want to support the show over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Marvel Plus, it's only a couple bucks. You get a whole bunch of extra stuff, including video versions of the podcast, including today's episode of the podcast. Um, and any of the upcoming episodes or past episodes as well. As I said, it's only a few dollars a month, so go check it out if you're interested. Um, yeah, check out all my other podcasts. Uh, wherever podcasts are heard, you can look in the description and find those. There's Marvel Plus, Ambassadors of Quan, Long Lost Brothers, Daily BS, all kinds of stuff. So go check that out. Um, all the stuff is, like, all these links that I'm that I'm mentioning are always in the description. So go check out the description. Go check out the show notes, and you'll find links to everything. Thank you guys so much, again, for sticking with me, for hanging out. I love you, and um, I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Marvel Plus. (laughs) 